Welcome back to an all-new, all-different episode of Aim for the Bushes. I'm your podcast person, Pablo, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi, also known as JPav. And with me today again is the one, the only special podcast person, Alex. You thought you could get rid of me, but I resisted. Sorry. You have returned. Thanks for having me again. For another day to torment me. I'm like a curse or a ghost. <laughs> no, no, that's impossible. No. Highly unlikely. But yes, we are back True. with another episode. Marvel Movie Madness. Wah, 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 wah. So what does that mean? We're going to get into it in uh, just a second. Uh, but before we do, first, as you know, as at least you should know by now, our non-legal legal disclaimer, which is simply that the opinions that we express here are simply that our opinions. So you can agree with us. You can disagree with us. You know, there's no right or wrong answer here. They're just opinions. And today mm-hmm. is a topic that is more opinion based than I think some of the other things that we've discussed in the so past. So opinionated. So this is this is going to, you know, heavily lay into the uh, the opinion motif. I yeah, know. I expect to get a lot of uh, of ads. uh, (laughs) after after this (laughs) okay so marvel movie madness what does that mean uh well if you didn't read the show description uh which is okay you don't have to read it so it's all good uh it's basically we're we're just kind of kind of going to discuss the impact that marvel films marvel cinematic universe has had i guess in cinema and film in general over the past decade and a half Almost. We're almost getting to 15 years, I think, since Iron Man came out. Something like that, yeah. Although, when uh, the first Iron Man film came out, it... uh, Well, I mean, we didn't know it would lead to where it is now. Like, there was definitely no indication that it would become this huge tour de force, I guess you could say. This massive money-making machine for for Disney. That was definitely not clear when, when the first Iron Man came out. So basically what inspired this is uh, last year or two years ago, time is kind of, you know, all all together now. So, you know, what is well, technically time doesn't exist, but that's another topic for another day. But a couple of years ago, Martin Scorsese was quoted with a comment basically saying that uh, he doesn't consider the Marvel films uh, to be cinema. He likened them more to an, an amusement park ride. Yeah, so theme kinda, parks. Yeah, theme parks. So something that I guess you kind of like enjoy and, you know, it's fun while you do it. And then, you know, that's kind of it. He said it's like not art, not cinema, like cinema, the thing, cinema. It was uh, 2019, by the way. Oh, 2019. Okay, there you go. So like almost three years ago now. So, yeah, so that's what that's what kind of like um, inspired me anyways for this topic is to kind of like take a look. So I'm, I'm of the opinion of like, I don't mind. Uh, you know, Marvel films in general or superhero films. If you want to like bring it out to that level uh, more broadly, it doesn't have to just be like specifically Marvel. Uh, so there, there is, um, I mean, there was an interview that he did where the actual quote came from, but then in the New York times, yeah, the New York times, he like further expanded on, on what he meant. And I'll put this in the show notes, the New York times article depending you may be blocked i don't know how uh how many articles yeah, you, you don't read. have any 
quote unquote free articles you have left. Yeah. Uh, they might not let you. <laughs> as so, I discovered today. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll put it there's a way to get around that. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but there is a way to get around that. But anyways, I'll leave it there and then you can read it. But uh we're gonna touch on that throughout throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. So uh pretty much what he argues is that um you know, these type of films that Disney puts out because Marvel is uh, owned by Disney. I believe they bought them in 2012, if I'm not mistaken. But basically these movies that Marvel puts out, that Disney puts out, that they're devoid of any real substance that would make them uh, cinema slash art. So he mm. says here that uh, in, in the article, he says cinema was about revelation, aesthetic, emotional and spiritual revelation. It was about characters, the complexities of people. And the contradictory and sometimes paradoxical natures, the way they can hurt one another and love one another and suddenly come face to face with themselves. So, uh, yeah, when he says that, like, I agree with that, with that position, uh, you know, because like when you go and watch a superhero film, film does not necessarily have to be Marvel, but any kind of like big budget, uh, you know, big studio superhero film, which most of them are. I mean, yeah, you don't, I can't really think of anything where you really get too deep into, you know, the state of mankind or the, the emotional complexity of people, like what he was touching on there. Like you never see like the ugly side, let's say, of any of these characters. Hmm. You know, uh, it's, it's very funny to me. I like, uh, having read through at least a little bit of the, the Scorsese article and the quotes, right? Like, I agree generally with what he's saying. Mm-hmm. This is one aspect of it that I'm actually not totally on board with him on. Okay. Because uh, I feel like any, like, you know, it's very easy to dismiss superhero movies. And I'm going to, I'm going to use the genre here because this is what that that's referring to, not like Marvel. But I do think, and we'll, we'll touch on this later. I do think there is a distinction to be made between like Marvel mm-hmm. being against or maybe not against, but the idea of Marvel films versus superhero films. Like the genre is totally different from like, the conglomerate that is making them right, mm. but um, I don't know. I think you can get really good stories about complex characters in genre movies, like sorry if you just heard my cat, uh, like superhero movies, right? Like you, the whole thing is like they're not peep, they're not like people like us, but that mm. they go through similar kinds of things, right? So to dismiss the entire genre as being without substance because apparently it's not about like the characters or like like sure it's not it doesn't it, there's sometimes there's some things that aren't like you miss you're not getting the everyday right the struggle of being an everyday person with it but you can draw parallels to uh things that they go through right like ideas of responsibility power um pride right like there's a reason so many people finally resonate with them right but it, it, it's very nuanced i think there's like and I'll get into this later, but like uh, the reasons that I'm not, there's a couple of reasons why I'm not super into Marvel flicks in general. And one of them is like, they're not, it's, it's kind of like that. Like they're not about real people. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like this, this idealized self that we're putting on a kind of pedestal and what like, because every superhero movie at the end of the day is a question of what if people had these kinds of abilities, if people were more than, human right and the rights and responsibilities that come with that i think there's a lot of really cool media that's come out uh with the advent of like superhero movies uh, a popularity of superhero movies like the boys like um oh god 
I can't think of any others off the top of my head. The voice is just like the best one. Okay. Uh, it to me as an example of like uh, a, a, a something in the superhero genre, but that like really flips it on its head, right? Uh, Marvel films definitely don't try to flip the superhero genre on their head, but they're still, I think, about they they I still think they have substance in so far as they're about like they could they can convey emotions and like the struggles that people even if they do have superpowers go through. I mean. Yes, I I wouldn't go so far as to say that they're devoid of emotion, but I don't they I don't think I'm trying to think of any of the Marvel films that, I, that I've seen. Well, even superheroes that I've seen, like in general, they for the most part, they don't touch in like to something like deeper, you mm-hmm. know, like, yeah, character. Because the other thing that he also touches on is that there's like no tension in films. Right? This is what he's saying. It's like part of the, like the mm-hmm. decline of like cinema and like corporate cinema. Is that there's like no tension. There's nothing ever at risk watching, uh, you know, Iron Man or the Avengers or anything like that. Like, you know, technically no one is going to like die kind of thing. Right now, I know you could say, oh, in the last Avengers film, you know, like Tony Stark like died, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a big thing at the end. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. Like, but for the most part, you know, how, how many characters have we seen like, have that mm-hmm. kind of like emotional impact in terms of like the story being told where like there is life and death consequences here. You know, most mm-hmm. of them are centered around, you know, some type of villain who wants to do evil thing. Yeah. That's right? kind of what I was going to say, right? You can totally read what the, te- the conflict in every superhero movie is basically the same. Some evil thing or some thing is trying to either destroy the world or come take over power or whatever. And the good guys got to stop it. Right. Like it's very, sim- it's very simplistic when it comes down to you're thinking about the narrative. Right. Yeah. And so we've never seen like a superhero movie really where like the main character or our superhero characters have to make tough decisions. Like I said, like sh- mm-hmm. the ugly side of things, like we've never seen like someone like lose, like lose, lose, not like at mm-hmm. the, although it was like shocking at, at the end of uh, like infinity war, right. When Thanos does like the snap, but when you get into end game, you know, like that's all like undone kind of thing. Cause you know, again, the, the idea of lack of tension, yeah. you know, that they're going to persevere and win at the end of the day. And that's fine exactly. for certain, you know, types of films. Like that's fine. Not everything has to be a downer or nothing like that. But yeah, we never touch on anything significant like that. Or like, I guess in, in Endgame, it's played for last when Thor, you know, is all fat and stuff like that kind of thing. But, <laughs> you know, but there, there <laughs> is, super true. <laughs> there, there is no like, I was like defeated or I have to make like a tough choice, right? Mm-hmm. I can either save, you know, this group of people or I can save this group of people, but I can't save both. Right. Or we've never seen any of them acting like dicks, like actual dicks, you know, like, yeah. you know, I know sometimes, yeah, they have like their petty squabbles or anything like that. Or like even in like civil war, uh, right. Like it's not, it was, it was cause that was centered around like, Oh, registering or being subject to like governmental overview and oversight and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. And so they could have gone further with that. Cause like, what if you had people or superheroes who, you know, they, they think they're above the law. Right. Cause we always yeah. see them act in a good, do good way. I'm not saying they're out evils cause now they'd become like villains, but let's say it's like, Oh yeah, I caused all this damage. And you know, some people died, you know, through like mm-hmm. collateral damage or something from a big fight that I had, but I don't care. Well, you, who's going to stop me? You going to come and stop me, you know, or yeah, like small that's things. That's the thing I really like, small- like about, the, 
That's the, the thing I really like about the boys yeah. is that they cover that kind of shit, right? Yeah. 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 So like that kind of stuff where it's just like, because we see it in real life when people get like super rich and all that stuff, right? When you have super fame and super mm-hmm. wealth and all that, you you become, you you exit society. Like for me, this is something Absolutely. I've come to a realization to like recently. It's like you're outside of society because, you know, when you get that rich and powerful and famous, you know, you know, people comment on like, oh, you're like not relatable to the everyday person. And it's like, yeah, you're not because now you've left society like you're you're beyond right the regular yeah. rules don't apply when you complain about people getting away with like hurting someone or cause some kind of damage in some way but oh i'm super rich so i can just pay off all the people i need to pay off and it's all good no one's ever gonna come for me or anything like that well yeah, yeah. there's a reason you, you're beyond society now like there's nothing that can hold you in because the rule the regular rules just don't apply to you anymore right like I, i've mm-hmm. read and seen people who are super rich talk about how like they never have to pay for anything you know, like and the brands will perpetuated. Yeah, yep. brands will send you stuff, send you clothes, like different products, you know, whatever it is, electronics, TVs, uh, cars, they'll send you shit. There's a, oh, you go out to eat. Oh, no one's going to take my money. They'll say, oh, no, it's you. You're famous. Hey, you come eat here or whatever. Right. Like the yeah. normal things like don't apply to you anymore. That's when you see people freak out. And they're like, do you know who I am? When, when they pull that out. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. If someone actually tries to hold them to mm-hmm. like the rules that we, we follow normally. They're just perplexed by this because it's like, what, what What are you talking about? This doesn't apply to me. Right. So like imagine that. Yeah. But now you have like invincibility, super strength or you yeah. know, any of like Superman's <laughs> powers. It's like I'm not saying you're going to go out there and be evil or nothing, but you could definitely flex like literally and, nope. and uh, metaphorically Absol- flex absolutely. those powers in front of people. Who's going to stop you? Really? Literally nothing. Like the idea of, of the superhuman is so non is so kind of crazy when you deconstruct it exactly like that right it's like what is what is the meaning of having that kind of power and Mm -hmm. how that absolutely like fucking spirals downwards Mm -hmm. when you think about it in a real life context like that what i was gonna say was you know uh, i i will totally i will i will fully admit right now that the last marvel movie i watched in theaters Mm -hmm. or ever actually um was the second avengers movie Age of Ultron, I think. Yeah, uh, so I have not seen, seen a Marvel movie since then. since then. I haven't seen oh, anything wow. since then. <laughs> I know. Um, but I was going to say that we were, talking, we were talking earlier about like, you know, tough decisions and like what it means to be like how you grapple your like identity as yeah. a superhero with and the power of that. Life. One superhero franchise that I really think did a good job with that. And maybe it's just because I'm watching, I've rose tinted glasses about this because I watched it as a kid was like the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like Spider Man 2, where he like, Ah, oh, he, he saves all those people on the on the on the train, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a real like he's burning himself out for that, and like his and you can you see a through line through those films is like Peter's relationship with uh, the people in his life, right? The people his relationship with Mary Jane, his relationship to uh, oh god Norman Osborn's son uh, James Franco, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how that deteriorates, right? All because of his super his his superhero identity right those those are fantastic those are really really cool uh and i don't and that that kind of like tension and that kind of uh storytelling is super important as well and it's it speaks to that kind of like authenticity that i think scorsese is talking about in those Mm -hmm. kinds of of, like good cinema Mm -hmm. or authentic cinema right and that like i don't know i don't i feel i 
maybe my opinions are kind of like because I haven't seen as many uh, of the good of the like really good ones in the last few years of the adventure of the Marvel movies but like I don't think you've seen that kind of shit in there right <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I I guess because Spider-Man is one of the, well, is my favorite superhero, but I think one of the reasons why I like Spider-Man above like a bunch of other types of superheroes is because of what you mentioned that they ca- were able to capture really well in mm. those uh, Sam Raimi uh, Spider-Man films is like, yeah, the, the struggle, because one th- that's one of the things that attracts me to Spider-Man slash Peter Parker and like the other spider people as well, because there's like a whole bunch in the actual comics of people with spider powers. But uh, yeah, is that struggle of like dealing with the weight of like being a superhero and like how it does affect, you know, your your personal relationships and like your own self. You're like your struggle with yourself on how do I like I balance and maintain all this kind of stuff. How do I keep myself from going too far, you know, and like actually hurt because I could someone like yeah. Spider-Man is like strong enough to like kill you in like one punch if you wanted to like a, against Absolutely. like a regular person. Right. So how do I like balance all this, all this kind of stuff and dealing with people who hate me and like don't like me or want to see me captured or whatever it is. Right. That's one of the things I like about Spider-Man because, you know, he struggles with those things compared to other superheroes, which I don't really read. So maybe there is more nuance that has come in mm-hmm. over the years, but like, you know, compared to someone like Superman, where it's like, you know, because like the, at least the I guess stereotypical view of Superman is you know like the you know true American way you know like yeah always yeah. fight for truth and freedom and justice you're like this paragon you can do like no wrong because you're all you're righteous all the time and you know it's fine for story and fantasy because it's contrived like that's the point Superman is someone who was you know right and just and he's right and just so I mean mm-hmm. that's just how he is and that's how he, you know he's meant to be written or portrayed or whatever you know. Uh, you know that's fine that, that that has its strengths too in terms of like storytelling because it can give you like things to strive for like as a person reading it like oh yeah I want to strive to these ideals right that's totally a thing I think a lot of people really dig superhero flicks because it's their aspirational by design mm-hmm. right like every normal person wants to be a superhero Every, every normal every person wants to be more than themselves right we wouldn't be human if we were just like you know, I'll and thank God bless the people who are content with what they have. But so many human beings are not content with what they have and mm-hmm. want to be stronger, fitter, uh, better looking, right? Like, and I think that's a total aspect of how superhero movies really get into your brain. They're like, oh man, I wish I could be like this person, right? And I think on a surface level, that's to- that's that's fantastic, right? Like inspiring like people to try to do good in the world is never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. What's funny to me. We're not funny, but like when you look a little bit under the surface, and I think uh, I'm going to link it to what you were just talking about with Spider-Man <laughs> and Superman really is like, uh, and maybe it, it kind of, I think it kind of links to an idea that we've talked about on this podcast before uh, yeah. about how the medium is the message. Oh, definitely. Um, medium is the message. We'll, like, we'll touch into that when we talk about the actual film industry, but go on. The ideas that you get when you look at something like a super a Superman movie it, uh, is like, you know, Superman's deals with like alien invaders or something. There's an invading force, right? You're standing up for the ideals of your nation and the ideals of like those things. And that kind of rhetoric exists in the real world, right? And it can be, as we've seen in like far right movements and other kinds of things where like, or, or freedom of, exp- where freedom of expression is really important, right? Like that can be taken in, in really 
awful negative ways if brought to its conclusion, right? Uh, I was ta- a, a while ago now, a friend of, I, a friend of mine was talking, we were talking about this. And I think this is just when Marvel was getting really big and people were like, oh, this is not good kind of thing. Um, and they likened superhero flicks as a genre uh, to like old Westerns, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's a very clear kind of relationship, bet- uh, parallel between the two. You've got like a person who is above the law in a lot of ways, right? Trying to right some kind of wrong. There's an evil force or something that's doing, uh, that's causing the tension there. And the good guy usually wins. The thing with Westerns is that they held up an idea of like violence being the answer to solving your problems. You never saw a cowboy talk his way out of a solution peacefully or solve the crime in the city by like, you know, creating social infrastructure to help Mm -hmm. the community, right? Mm -hmm. It was shoot first, talk later. A lot of superhero flicks also do the same kind of thing because that's just what they're based on by promote, by like, having people who duke it out against these like unknowable forces of like quote unquote evil that you can't really pin it's creating an idea it when it comes down to it i don't think this is like you know uh explicit right but implicitly it creates this idea of like ah yes the forces that oppose you are external they can always be the eight they can always be alien they can always be like they're never like within Mm. your community or within or things that you can change uh, and if they are things that you can change, you have to confront them headlong. It's not you're not looking at societal issues, right? Like we don't we don't talk about how. Oh God, I don't remember one of the move one of the villains of the move. Like okay, every Iron except for Iron Man, every Iron Man villain is a former Tony Stark employee who is disgruntled <laughs> by capitalism, and yet. They never, and yet, and yet, actually, this works for my point. <laughs> Tony Stark is always like, well, you're just sad because I fired you. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Right. Would never address things like, oh, shit, maybe Stark Industries is like a bad company and we should re, we should look at like our hiring policies and like how we treat our employees so that they don't turn into super villains. <laughs> right? no, that's actually that's a never good the point. solution. Yeah. 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 And that speaks to like our system in general because, yeah, because Stark Industries is like, Originally, like at, at the beginning, Amazon. No, no, no. At the beginning, oh, it's worse than Amazon <laughs> worse in a lot of ways. Sure. Well, yeah, because at, at the beginning of, of the first Iron Man film, Stark Industries is a weapons manufacturer. Yes. All right. Well, I guess also technically in Captain America, the first one, because you have Tony Stark's dad there uh, in that. But oh, yeah. I don't know if he has the company and if he's just working for the U.S. government. But anyways, you know, literally it, fueling the military industrial complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like that's like never addressed at all. Like you would never go there and say, you know what, maybe creating. I mean, they say in a very light way, you know, after after Tony gets captured and he creates his Iron Man suit and he comes back. Right. He's like, oh, no, we have mm. to, um, you know, switch up what we do. We, we, we're not going to make weapons anymore because he sees that, you know, bad people have gotten a hold of his weapons. But it's never like, yeah. why do we need weapons in general? Like it's, it's good. People can have weapons, but the bad people have weapons is bad. No one ever says, well, why do we have weapons? at all right like we shouldn't yeah, be because right. you're literally profiting off death here because like when you mm-hmm. build a bomb like its only goal is to kill people like there is no like same thing with guns like they're made to kill that's it like there's no because po- i I've, I've read and i've seen people trying to say that like oh no guns have you, you, you justify know. guns <laughs> yeah well you know and it's like same <laughs> yeah you know, more like a hunting context and not like for killing people 
but oh, yeah, still like the purpose store doesn't exist because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it's gonna be a topic for another day pat i'm sorry because <laughs> like the point like i said the point of of these weapons of guns are bombs especially because like bombs you don't have the excuse of like oh to hunt animals or whatever bombs are made to kill like that's it there is mm-hmm. no other purpose i mean i guess you could say like tnt and other explosives were made like for mining and all that stuff right to blow away rock and and you know the ground or, and stuff like that to make it more easily sure but that's not what we're talking about right now we're talking about actual devices that are meant to be launched like missiles and stuff like that they're meant to be launched at other people like there's no there's nothing else to fire them at there's nothing else to do with them mm. right so nothing ever questions well why do we have this and maybe uh some small independent type film would 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 ask these questions but because i'm just going to bring it back to what scorsese was saying because i know we've, we've been talking yes. about like yes. um superhero movies as a genre but like because as a genre, there, there's many different avenues that you can go. Obviously, you have big corporations that can put out films. And you have small independent productions that could also yeah. rise up and yeah. maybe, you know, produce something that would, would address these type of issues. But speaking like with Marvel and Disney, right, like they're never going to make anything that's ever going to like address any of that because that would be antithetical to exactly. what they want, which is to maintain like the status quo exactly oh you, i couldn't have said it better myself Pep. the other part of uh in, in in uh in the new york times article where where scorsese expands on what he meant by saying that they're just um that they're just like amusement park uh, rides basically is that mm-hmm. uh you know he's, he, he's talking about um you know how there's less and less uh you know independent or small time type films that come out now now it's uh, the box office is all That's dominated true. by like large corporations, like something like Disney or like Warner, if you want to go with like DC uh, stuff, right? But uh, so all these like film franchises, it don't necessarily have to be superhero films, but these large, like, you know, we talk about like sequels and all this stuff, or again, mm-hmm. film franchises, you know, it, 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 it's all done to, you know, maximize your return on investment, right? Because at the end of the day, these are companies that want to generate money. And now a company Absolutely. like Disney is not hurting for money because they make billions of dollars. Just look at their earnings reports that they, they put out. But the point of a company is to just create more profit. That's it. That's the only thing. So part of what Scorsese is saying there is like, like I mentioned uh, earlier, is that there's no risk at all. And so in the stories of the characters, we don't we don't get anything like i said that's like that involves danger or anything in terms of like the plot itself or like the characters you know like we're never going to see like someone like you know maybe going too far and like killing someone who's innocent because they've got pissed off Mm -hmm. about something like we're not going to see that because disney doesn't want to harm its brand right like we can't have that they've got a brand to maintain yeah so it's got to be safe easy content that everyone can digest and i'm not saying that's bad like you know i enjoy watching you know a fun film where nothing bad happens and all that kind of stuff but you know tying it to uh this idea that like the the box office is going to be dominated by all the same sameness basically where everyone's going to put out the same kind of thing that's what he's saying there Uh, because he's saying that like the nature of modern film franchises that they're market researched uh audience tested vetted modified Mm -hmm. reveted and remodified until they're ready for consumption right so corporations companies like disney just want to put out what they think is going to make money in the easiest way possible so we're not going to get a lot of risk 
and stuff like that. We're not going to try no. new things because we just want the money. Just, just make it easy so we get money. If we take risks, we lose money. Even though we have billions of dollars, we might lose some money. So we can't have that. Mm-hmm. No, and there's definitely... Uh, I totally understand Scorsese's like fear here of a kind of cultural sameness in the future uh if this kind of continues the way it is right like if everyone is produ- if ever if the box if the big movie studios are the ones that are producing the most movies right as you really as you well said and they're all producing the same kind of content right we're, uh we're all will be ingest we're, we're all consuming the same kind of stories we're all, we're retelling and kind of uh internalizing those same stories right which is just which is like not how humanity got to the way it is in terms of our 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 culture like our, our cinema at the end of the day is another form of 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 of, of storytelling mm-hmm. to me at least right it's another form of art uh every movie we, we can also we can talk about how every movie has been done before and it's true we're always re- as a, as a, as a species we're retelling stories that have stuck with us for a while right uh, but that's not the same as the same kind of content being created, right? The same stories being mm-hmm. said over and over again, right? So it, it's it's a weird cognitive, it's a weird kind of dissonance where it's just like, oh, well, if we're retelling the same stories over and over again, what's the difference if we're just seeing the same kind of content? But it's, it's like, if nobody's pushing the envelope on like what to put out there in terms of in terms of movies, right? Like, I don't know. I feel like we're we'd come to a. Uh, I don't know. I want to be like rah, 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 right, but like, I feel like we get to a place where there's we're, we're. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, I got I got lost in my own. Rah, 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 the really yeah. really stuff. You derailed your train of thought there. I derailed myself. <laughs> uh, let me take it back here. Hold on. If we're not getting people to push the envelope in terms of movies that we we're seeing. We're going to be saying the same thing over again. And it's, it's just going to, I think at the end of the day, it's going to make future generations like less creative and like get people to not think outside of the box, right? When the biggest thing that, that you're seeing is a certain kind of thing, you're not going to be incentivized to try new things and to experience new things and to, and I think that, that, that is a, not a slope, but it, 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 it figures into as we just finished talk, as we talked about before, as I was saying, as we were saying before, like your views on the world, right? If all of your movies have a certain worldview uh, and that, or don't talk or like specifically don't talk about certain things in regards to the world, you don't question them either. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if, if none of your movies address like societal, real societal issues and they all focus on like enemies that are externalized and that can be solved with, either like a big government agency, like a big agency like S.H.I.E.L.D. taking care of them or superheroes, which are like, I don't want to bring this up here, but like, you know, there's there's a lot of talk like cops are the heroes of our society, right? Like solving crimes and stuff, right? It's it it, like you tend, it starts to affect your worldview. That's like, ah, like, well, the people who are standing up for our freedoms are like these people uh, who may be, infringing on the rights of other people within your with society but like because that's all you're consuming you don't even question that kind of thing right mm-hmm. it's very it's i think it's not wise for people to say like oh whatever just let them make the movies that they're going to make i think it has an effect on on not only our culture but the way that people see the world at the end of the day no yeah that's a that's a, a fair point because uh, yeah it goes back to what scorsese was talking about when he said revelation so 
not just revelation for the characters in a story, but also revelation mm. for like people in the audience watching something. For the because, audience. Yeah. You know, uh, people tend to forget of like the, the nature uh, between the work and the viewer. A lot of the times people just like to focus on like the nature between, uh, you know, the characters within the film of the universe, but ignore the fact that there's a, another relationship, which is that what the mm-hmm. audience has uh, with what they're watching on the screen or listening or reading or, you know, whatever they're reacting Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Anything you, anything you consume via media is affecting you on a subliminal level, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not. You know, mm-hmm. the way I like to uh, look at what Scorsese is saying, there's like two points here. So we've touched on like mm-hmm. more like the second point. Uh, so one of them is like, yeah, like the film industry and, uh, you know, how it's kind of leading to a, a certain level of like sameness and how like there's, again, no risk in terms of the stories that are being told, because there's plenty of examples that you can like look at, especially in, uh, you know, the Marvel uh, cinematic universe with the Disney Marvel films and uh, TV shows on like Disney plus just one quick example here. Now that it comes to me is that um, there's a series called the, the Falcon and the winter soldier that deals with, yes. uh, uh, well, the Falcon and, you know, uh, Bucky the winter Barnes, the winter soldier, uh, <laughs> you know, after set after the events of, of Endgame, And so there's a scene in one of the episodes where like, uh, it, it's basically revealed that there was a super soldier uh, before uh, Captain America. So there was a, a black uh, person who was uh, given the super soldier serum. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's basically been like unknown, basically hidden away like by the government and not acknowledged hmm. at all. Uh, but, you know, someone like Captain America, you know, is this well-known, like, heroic figure back in, like, the actual war. And then, you know, when he resurfaces in the modern day again, right? But uh, this other, I forget his name. I want to say his name's like Isaiah, but I'm not 100% sure that that's his name. But he doesn't get any recognition and he was, like, jailed and, you know, basically treated terribly. So when okay. they kind of go find him and, like, try to get, like, information from him, they, like, leave. And they're out on the street and you know sam and bucky are talking and then a cop pulls up right and they're kind of like what are you doing here kind of thing right and they have this confrontation with the police right where the police asks him you know sam like for his uh you know like id and all this stuff right so it could be a moment where they could like address something about you know how blacks in america are treated or nothing but they don't really go there with that because it's it's disney all right we're not going to have like a situation where this is like like it felt like uh like window dressing you know it's like oh we're gonna have this scene in here so that way you know people can't say that we're not how does that scene get resolved do you know uh very amicably i believe i can't remember it's been Mm -hmm. like i think i watched this like last year or whatever but i just remember watching it i'm like well nothing they didn't say anything about this like nothing Mm -hmm. happened they'll just kind of like you know, I felt like they brought it up just to have like this tension, but then like there was nothing, you know, like nothing's there. It's like he's not arrested. He's not like shot at. He's not, you know, they don't question you know, the, the the conduct of the police. Like they're never shown like a negative Man. light because it's like it, it, it's Disney. Right. So they're just going to what a fucking they're just yeah, going to have like milk toast way yeah. of doing that. <laughs> yeah. So it was really like disappointing where it's like, oh, OK, we could have, you know, especially since they just came from talking about someone who is you know, talking, uh, you know, a black, uh, you know, literally two soldier, you know, talking about how he's been mistreated by the government and all this stuff. 
which is also like a real world parallel. Oh yeah, right? there's that. Like so many, so many people of color served in the armed forces, and they are not uh, definitely not given the kind of respect and resign, uh, dignification. My God, respect they deserve, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> there's that. There's like been uh, medical testing that's been done to black people, yeah, as well, like without their consent. Like you know, so there's definitely things that you can uh, touch on here, and this is the kind of thing that Scorsese's talking about. Is like there's no revelation there. Like nothing happens, nothing comes of it. Like you don't come away from watching those scenes or the series thinking of you know questioning you know the, your, your society you know, or the society around you in greater detail yes okay but so that was just a quickly touch on on, on that there because it just came to me but like the other part that uh scorsese's talking about is like the actual art artistry mm. art form of of cinema right so this leads to like a question that, you know, like all our Marvel films, you know, art, because he's saying that they're essentially not art. Right. When he says that they're uh, an amusement park ride, right? it's just something you do yeah. for entertainment. Like, and so to me, that br- leads to a broader question of like, well, you know, what is art then exactly? Which is uh, there's no right answer to define what art is, because a lot of art is uh, rebelling against the established conventions of art that's why when you look like at literature and like painting and like different forms of art you have all these different movements because you have like a set of conventions that have been established in a certain thing so let's say like painting right there's a certain way you're supposed to do it that everyone is kind of like judged by and you know seeing how you know you're supposed to act within the space and this comes into you know the medium is the message kind of stuff there where you're expected to perform a certain way in a certain medium right and then, you know, eventually you get someone who goes against the trend, goes against established convention. And it's like, no, I'm going to start doing it this way. And everyone's like, oh, what, what do you mean? You can't do it this way. You can't you can't paint your painting like that. Uh, you know, that's not that's not what good art is. Right. And then we get something new that comes out and then that becomes an established, uh, you know, convention. And then people follow that. And then. Uh, you know, someone else comes along. And goes, I'm not going to do it like that at all. I'm going to do it this way. And I'm like, oh, no, you can't do it like that. That's not art. All right. So when you have like these different like styles of art, like, you know, you have like romanticism, you know, modernism, uh, you know, all mm-hmm. these like different kind of things. Uh, that's where that comes from. It's like people pushing away and pushing against what uh, I guess you could argue at the time or contemporaries would argue is is art. Right. So it leads to a question of yeah. what what is art? So I'm someone who generally, you know, given all that kind of tries to be as inclusive as possible. Like, I guess the broadest definition is like for me, for something to be considered art, it would have to be some kind of emotional connection that you make with the work, Mm -hmm. you know, because like even if you want because was it is I think it's like, is it Deschamps who had like the urinal? Yeah. And he like put it in the in the thing. Right. And people are like, oh, and this is like found art kind of thing. It kind of recontextualize, you know, pre-made utilitarian objects as like a way to be an artistic expression. Right. When that came out, even today, people, you would still argue that something like that is not art. It's just like, well, you just took like a urinal and like put it in a gallery or an exhibit or museum or whatever. Right. How is that? Right. So I'm just saying like. To be inclusive, because there's different things. Like, I can't say for sure something isn't art, but I'd say, like, you know, there's got to be some kind of emotional connection yeah. to it. I think when people think about, um, uh, 
there's a what is art is you're absolutely you're so right it's such a broad spectrum and and it's very personal right i think when people are talking about like art uh what they're or what the definition of art it relies on a lot a lot of the times i find uh, notions of what is artistic right because mm-hmm. you can have I, I i can say that like any film is art because a person has made it mm-hmm. right a person has edited it and shot it in a certain way a cinematographer took the time to see like what kind of visuals were here uh, a composer put music to it right like that's all artistic that's all art mm-hmm. what i think the distinction is is when it comes to being artistic right like scorsese for sure was in and other filmmakers as well like have a distinct style right like you think of like wes anderson right mm-hmm. wes anderson has a very distinct artistic style and that makes his films more quote-unquote artsy uh, or more likened to art than other films right mm-hmm. uh it comes down to like and i think when people are thinking about this in terms of films they're thinking about like yeah the music the visuals like how it's shot what it's being shot on uh, you have your big photographer, like uh, film is like the actual film that you use is, is a huge component, component, mm-hmm. big component in that, right? Um, and I think that in that respect, it's very easy to like look at a fit, look a Marvel film and be like, okay, yeah, that's maybe not art because of the way that like every Marvel movie looks the same, right? And it sounds the same. They've got the uh, like. I will I will say on the music that they did a really good job with like some of the superhero themes. Like mm-hmm. as a musician, I really do dig. Like you hear the Avengers theme and you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's the Avengers theme, yeah. right? Uh, but like you know, every Marvel film has like bright colors and is really vivid most of the time. Uh, all of the dialogue is a little quippy, right? Like, and every every one of them ends in a third act CGI battle or a sky beam. Right. Like those are <laughs> those are the artistic um, norms of the superhero of a Marvel movie. Right. Yeah. And I can see why somebody could look in that and be like, what are you talking about? That's not art. I want something that looks like a tunnel uh, and it has a Dutch angle and the, the female lead is lit up only on her eye to evoke this some kind of yeah. um, melodramatic thing. Now, that's art, right? <laughs> that's, an ex- that's, a, that's an extreme example, well, obviously. But like, yeah, I, I think, that's what, I th- I, that's what I think people are saying. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure uh, about, I don't know about my position on that. Like, I, I, think I, I think you can still consider a Marvel movie art, but is it artistic is another thing wholly. I think it comes down, like, Maybe not, right? Uh, because they're not pushing the envelope, because they're not trying new things with it, right? They can't really try to have a new visual or aesthetic style to what they're doing, right? They've got a, they found a, a formula that works. Mm-hmm. Pretty people, quippy dialogue, flashy colors, Skybeam. Uh, and they're going to keep doing it, right? And when you think about that, it's like, hmm, I don't know, it, 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 it it's very i i think it's reminiscent to me of like pop art mm-hmm. in that kind of way right like it's a it's a single thing that it's it's a branding thing and it's reproducible right but you can't i don't i wouldn't but at the same time i wouldn't like in a marvel movie to like an andy warhol uh piece you know i mean i guess you could because i mean like when warhol first came out and even people now right you could look at a lot of warhol's work and other more recent excuse me artists work Mm-hmm. And, you know, look at it and be like, that's not, that's not art. Like a, a screen print of Campbell's soup can. 
Yeah. That's not hard, right? That's what makes it um, so, I guess, radical, especially like when it first comes out. Because again, like you, sure. you have a new format or a new new set of conventions that are not firmly established, but are emerging. And people look at it and go, that's not what I know art to be. So, yeah. I mean, you could look at look at it in that sense, too, with regards like some Marvel films. The only difference here is, though, that this is backed by like a large corporation. Right. Whereas if I'm like Andy yeah. Warhol or I'm an individual artist, at least when I'm starting out, it depends on how big I get and how much I sell. Uh, right. It's not this isn't some indie filmmaker coming out with like a singular vision of, you know, what they want Spider-Man to be. Right. Yeah. Like. This is like the the whole that's why I like I'm keeping it more centered on like Marvel films specifically, not just like superhero mm-hmm. uh, yeah. films. Although you can you can stretch this to film in general, because a lot of what we cool. see are big budget films produced by like, you know, Hollywood uh, movie studios kind of thing. Sure. No, I think I think you're right, though, about like we no, it's very important to do it for Marvel movies because there are superhero movies that are artistic, right? Like Watchmen has a very distinct visual uh style and uh like aesthetic to it right uh so does i will admit like jack snyder's stuff that he's worked on with dc zach, right zach jack, snyder. jack snyder as zach. a as a director and zach, zach? what zach. did i say did i say jack you said jack fuck <laughs> <laughs> sorry zach snyder don't at me <laughs> commenters uh zach snyder has like a different kind of aesthetic uh, artistically to then like Marvel flicks, right? So for sure, and like, even though yeah, and some people don't like Zack Snyder's uh, aesthetic, mm-hmm. his view. Because one of the things that Scorsese talks about, and like this idea of you know the rise of corporatization in terms of uh, films and stuff like that, is that you you are getting less and less of a singular artistic view. So that's what part of what he's arguing is that you're not getting like someone's artistic mm. vision, right? Because everything is done yeah. by committee, and I don't mean that like. Uh, you know, you can't collaborate with the people that you work with. So like as a director, you know, you don't collaborate with like your actors or like your cinematographer or your sound people, your set people, costuming, uh, other design elements, all that stuff. Uh, but it's more that this comes from like, you know, the studio heads, right. Who, who look at something and be like, no, yep. we have to protect the brand. Right. No, you know, it's like, oh no, we can't have this like group orgy of all our, you know, Avengers <laughs> <laughs> characters. Right. Love that. <laughs> we're we're a brand we have to protect right we have to merchandise we got to sell the kids we can't do that if 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 we see you know black widow's titties come out right like <laughs> right marvel if you're listening to this give the people what they want <laughs> <laughs> you've heard it here or we can't see any superhero dong right we're not going to see thor's mighty hammer kind of thing right like <laughs> thor's mighty hammer i love that Oh, that's good. Right? Like, we're not going to see that. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Right? Like, you could have, uh, you know, an expression of someone's, like, love. Because, you know, like, that does happen between characters, between people, where where, where that happens mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a variety of different reasons. But that's never really going to be explored too much. Now, in the film Eternals, which I have not seen, there is the first, like, love scene between, like, two characters. But... Oh... But I, well, one, I don't know exactly what it looks like because I've not seen the film, so I don't know nasty. what it looks like exactly. But um, the other thing you could argue in that is that these are characters that like no one knows, right? The Eternals. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a comic. Like I've never read it. But so who are these people? Like no one. 
no one knows, right? So, okay, we want to have a love scene. We can do it between these unknowns, uh, unknown types, right? But would we have something yeah, it's like... Not, it's not an established property yet, so... You know, we're going to see, like, Spider-Man and, like, Mary Jane or anything like that? No. Like, I, I doubt they would ever go that far. And nothing explicit. Maybe implied. You know, maybe mm-hmm. implied they would go to. I think the closest I can think of, like, film, like, super uh, Marvel superhero films having, like, this sense of like heart or like revelation or anything like deeper, like something deeper, something beyond like surface level. Cause like I said, all these superhero movies, although they can be aspirational and they can be funny and they can be like ideals to like, try to like live up to it's kind of like parables or some, 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 something like that. Um, the one, like, again, something deeper, something like a more meaningful, like connection or revelation, like Scorsese mentioned, only one they think that comes like really close in terms of like Marvel uh, films is like guardians of the galaxy, because those are, Mm. Uh, those are written and directed by James Gunn. Who, yeah, James Gunn. Yeah, right. Boy. So he he's someone who you could argue you know is like closer to like an auteur type director and has like a vision, has like a way sure. about like how he does his films, kind of thing. Right? He has like a signature. Right? You then yeah. you could say that he has that's you know, identify something. Okay, this is a James Gunn film. So I think something like that is present on Guardians of the Galaxy like both films right and they yeah. kind of start to touch on those kind of like deeper you know complexities of human life and emotional connection and all that kind of stuff that you don't really see in other marvel films yeah but that's like the closest uh, i can really, really say yeah that's a really good point about uh, the guardians of the galaxy films i th- uh, you're, at, you're i think you're totally you totally hit the nail on the head here they're super distinct from any other uh, marvel movies because primarily of James Gunn's influence, right? Like the soundtrack is totally different. The like the way that it's shot is like very different from other from other Marvel flicks, right? And I think that's bringing it back to the Scorsese thing of the individual of the individual's creative vision, right? Like I think they allowed James Gunn a little more liberty on doing it his way because it's James Gunn and he's got a little more notoriety to him, right? Uh, but it lent itself really well. Like the films are super distinct and they see, they are definitely more artistic, I would say, than other Marvel movies, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so I think we'll, we'll end it there uh, on this discussion here, unless you have anything more that you want to elaborate on. I no, think I just want to say, like, I, I just want to put it out there. I, I, I was, when we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I was like, I was ready to come in here swinging. Yeah. Uh, and I've let, yeah, I've reflected all, like, I don't want to bash, uh, like superhero movies or I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. If you're really into Marvel movies, like, Hey, that's your, that's your right. That's your prerogative. I think there's something, there are good things to be taken from them, Mm -hmm. but just, just like any, just like our other episodes, I guess, like try to be, uh, just give, try to be a little critical about them. Right. Like what, try to, when you, next time you watch a Marvel movie, think, try to think about like, what is this trying to say? What are, what are the systems that it represents or what is it not saying? Mm-hmm. Right about the world at large, or you as individuals, and what you do in them. Right? Mm-hmm. What's trying to say? Be a little, be a little critical about that, and then maybe I don't know. Then you'll think about it in a different way. <laughs> yeah, maybe because I mean I'm like a a fan of like Marvel films. I've seen most of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I haven't seen like Eternals or whatever. But from what I hear, that's like long and boring. But whatever, uh, you know. And then there's <laughs> nothing wrong with like popcorn type films. You know, there's plenty of films. That, that's a, the only real issue that I had with what Scorsese said is that I'm like, well, it's not just endemic to like Marvel films. There's tons of films where there's, yeah. you oh, could argue they're sure. mindless, you know, popcorn type films where you just like, switch off your brain and enjoy 
kind of thing. So it's not it's, yeah. it's not something that's like unique to 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 Marvel and and Disney. Like a lot a lot of the films anyway. that we get are you know corporatized. They come from large multinational corporations. So I was just like mm-hmm. you know like a lot of what he said you could you could argue for other types of films as well. So uh, yeah. that, that was like my only issue in terms of like thinking of it as like an amusement park ride. And there's a ton of like, just think of like summer blockbuster season, right? When all like the big action films come out, like absolutely, you could argue the artistic merit of a ton, tons of those, those films that have come out over the past like 20, 30 years. Oh, well, yeah. actually or since like all your Hollywood. average, yeah, your average like comedy, right. Or like the rom-coms of yeah. like the early two thousands and the nineties, right. That was all commercialized as well. Um, what I, what I really liked about uh, as a final little, I guess what I really liked about the arts, the, this discussion and the the Scorsese article itself is like bringing uh, more attention to the fact that independent filmmakers need more help. You know, like if you, you know, it'd be cool. It's cool to see new things pop up. Like if, even if you enjoy uh, your good Marvel flick, like you can't tell me that you don't want, it might be not cool. might not be cool to see something else yeah. come onto the screen now and then. So like, you know, if you know any anybody who's into film, support them. Support your local, uh, support your indie your indie filmmakers uh, when you can. We will end it there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Anything that you want to plug, Alex, before we get out of here? Oh, man, I'm so full of plugs. I'm like a sponge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, I'm going to plug October Jones and Fisher Legs. Uh, it's a fantasy adventure uh, podcast about a teenage girl and official legs. Uh, I, Pav and I have both been on it as characters. Mm-hmm. I do the music for it. It's a great, great time. Uh, we're working on season two right now, so stay tuned for that. Uh, you, there, we also have a website if you want to check it out. Uh, it's octoberandfish.ca. Uh, we are all on, we're on all socials. We actually just, <laughs> on Twitter the other day, we posted, they posted an alignment chart yeah, I the saw different that. characters, <laughs> yeah. but which is which is really fun. Uh, we have a good social media person for it, which is great. Um, I'm gonna promote myself. Obviously, uh, I do music. I do uh, acting stuff. If you're, I'm based in Montreal. Uh, my socials are at Crustaceous, C-R-U-Z-T-A-C-I-O-U-S. Uh, and, and something that's uh, another like you know, uh, <laughs> plug myself moment. Uh, I play, I play guitar for a, I play, I play lead guitar in a band called favorite daughter. And now that things are opening up again, uh, we are actually having some shows coming up, uh, at the end of like at the end of March and then April and May, uh, you can find us on anywhere that you find music stuff. That's favorite daughter. Uh, we're like an indie pop rock, uh, band. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so give us a listen if you want. And my last plug is gluten-free bakeries really <laughs> uh yeah my so so brianna my partner is uh has celiac disease uh okay, which means fair. she can't eat gluten yeah uh and there's a great little baker there's this great bakery in montreal called le marquis uh and they they have like pastries they make bread they don't make bread they make pastries they make cakes and stuff like that uh and she bought like a bunch of them uh, a while ago and they are they're actually quite 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 good so if you either know anybody who's celiac and needs an option or if you just want to try something that's actually decent and gluten-free uh check out le marquis music for this episode has been provided by mia pearson so make sure you check her out on soundcloud yeah so that's it for today's episode everyone please stay safe go get vaccinated mm. also no mm. war uh mm. yeah that's happening right now so no war 
Peace. Peace.